0: Welcome to another episode of Life TVD. My name is Emily, and I always find myself searching for the meaning behind my experiences. On this podcast, I explore and share what I'm learning and unlearning that is impacting the way I think, the person I'm becoming and what I'm doing to allow life to be defined. I have a confession. Last week, as I was editing the episode on solitude, I was actively experiencing a lack of contentment in my solitude. I just had my two of the four wisdom teeth removed. It was A bit of a traumatic experience for me. Turns out I really should have been sedated. (laughs) And then the recovery process was challenging. In that place, I found myself experiencing habitual thought patterns and feeling resentful in my aloneness. As I was editing what I'd recorded on solitude, it was honestly quite ironic. It's a really good example of how accessible these higher thoughts can be, these positive ways of thinking and looking at one type of experience in such a good light, yet experiencing the dualities and the complexities of the way that we, as humans, tend to feel. And the truth is, no, it is not always easy to practice what we preach, and I, am a prime example in this moment. It tends to be way easier to sit in the shit and sit in our limiting beliefs than to think of all the pros and the good things that come from whatever moment we are experiencing. Thus, with my limiting beliefs speaking so loudly ever since last week, I decided that would be what this episode is about. Let's get into it. I ask myself what stops me from feeling joy, gratitude, power, capability, and overall happiness in my life? The answer is almost always my expectations, my limiting beliefs and the stories I tell myself about who I think I am and what I believe I'm experiencing. For me, limiting beliefs are stories that I tell myself to validate the person I had to be to survive. It's the stories I created as I made my way through childhood, through teenagehood, and even adulthood. The truth is, These stories gave me a sense of control that didn't actually exist. For instance, I used to be the type of person who would project negative outcomes prematurely. That way I could never be disappointed when things went against my favor. These beliefs, these limiting beliefs were created to survive, but they didn't allow me to thrive. I bring you a quote from the wonderful and legendary Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou was a civil rights activist, a poet and an award-winning author known for her acclaimed 1969 memoir, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. She's also well known for her numerous poetry and essay collections. She is an inspiration to many people And she's a personal favorite of mine. I even have a tattoo inspired by her poem, Caged Bird, and I frequently revisit. Still, I rise at points where I feel low. I have no doubt in my mind that Maya Angelou's quotes will find their way out of my mouth several times as I do the podcast. However, I cannot do Maya Angelou's voice justice, so bear with me here. (coughs) My mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive. And to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style. Surviving is important. Thriving is elegant. According to the National Science Foundation, our brains can produce as many as 50,000 thoughts per day. 95% of these thoughts are repeated daily. And according to a survey from Gartner, 50% of business leaders lack confidence in their own ability to lead. Out of 2,800 people studied, only half said that they were well-equipped to lead their organization in the future. In other words, self-limiting beliefs hindered entrepreneurs. You decide how you think and what becomes a can or can't. Your thoughts become your beliefs, which in turn become your mindset. And your mindset fuels your actions, which create your reality. As far as the experience I had last week with my wisdom teeth, the reality was I was continuously repeating to myself, I do everything alone. Why do I have to do everything alone? At the same time, my reality was also that I had not asked anyone to be there for me that day in advance. In fact, I didn't reach out to close friends until I was actively in the procedure, realized that This procedure was not going to be easy for me without sedation and immensely feeling the desire for support to the extent that I I finally reached out for it. I knew in advance that I was dreading doing this experience on my own, though. And the simple fact that I allowed this thought process of I can take care of myself, I'm capable, I do everything on my own, I can do this on my own that was my thought process. And that's not something that sounds entirely limiting. However, there's a point where support is really, really, really valuable. Yes, be independent. Know that you are capable of doing things alone. Yet, that was a limiting belief for me because through my life, the way that I was raised, I was taught that it was best for me to do things on my own. And the reason that that was the lesson that I took away from my upbringing was because my dad often made me feel as if my feelings were too much and that my needs were too much. And because of that, underlying this thought process of I do everything on my own, I'm able to do everything on my own, I am independent, I'm capable, comes from if I ask for support that I'm going to be too much. So I'd rather not ask it all and just do it on my own. Now, if you are doing something independently I don't want this to be messaging like, don't do things alone, because I absolutely am proud of how many things I am capable of doing on my own. It's I, it's one of those, it's a weird dual limiting belief and expanding belief. Thus, I'm not discouraging the expanding belief of, I can do this on my own. I'm capable of doing this on my own. That's a beautiful belief to have. It just depends on the source. Is the source coming from I'm doing this on my own because if I ask for support, I'm too much, or is the source coming from, I'm doing this on my own because I'm showing myself how capable I am, and though I know that I have support, I am capable of doing this. One is limiting, one is expanding. I tend to have both. (laughs) See, and that's the thing. Language is incredibly important. It decides exactly what your experience is going to be. The simple fact that the sources sound so different is a language thing. I could easily switch myself to that second voice. In fact, I can add a third voice saying, I am capable of doing this on my own. However, I would be most supported if I asked for assistance, if I reached out and I was vulnerable because my needs are not too much. And it's totally valid to want a helping hand on a day where I'm getting my wisdom teeth pulled out. (laughs) Imagine if I had led with that language instead of my needs are too much and I can do this on my own. Huge difference, right? Teaching handstands. That's my low key flex, by the way. (laughs) Teaching handstands. In fact, maybe I'll take it a step backwards learning handstands the biggest lesson for me is that my mind is both my biggest ally and my greatest enemy for the most part outside of just learning the the movement and the technicalities of it my mind and the fear that i would derive and the anxiety i would derive because i was worried about falling aka failing i was worried about not being perfect I didn't think I was able to do it, getting frustrated when it wasn't just coming willy-nilly. My mind was my biggest enemy when it came to learning something entirely new for my body. However, there were days where I was like, I can't get into this handstand. However, I firmly believe that I will if I keep working at it. And I would start celebrating tiny victories. A tiny victory being, oh my God, I kicked up and I held it for one second. That's a tiny victory. And then it would be, oh, I kicked up and I held it for three seconds. Tiny victory. Oh, I kicked up and I held it for 10. Oh, I kicked up and I held it for 30. Tiny victories along the way. So that that way, instead of looking at it as like I failed to do a handstand perfectly, instead I said, I have a tiny victory and I'm a step closer to where I want to be. But look how far I've come because before I couldn't do this huge difference. So that allowed that handstand journey to be fun for me. If it's going and doing a pottery class, maybe you don't make that perfect vase that you had envisioned in your head after you saw a TikTok video of someone doing it. (laughs) But perhaps you go and you learn something and and you look and you're like, wow, I, I formed a shape. And then the next time you go, oh, I formed a shape more intentionally into what I wanted it to be. And every time you went to that pottery class, that shape became you were able to hone in on a different aspect and it became started to become and form into exactly what you wanted it to become and allowing those little moments of it's a little closer to be that tiny victory, to expand the mentality and stop limiting you and putting you in a box and saying, well, I can't do it. I'm not capable of doing it. It makes me think of talents versus skills. I've seen people who didn't know how to draw at all, period. And they sit there and they practice every day and they learn and they they take classes and they learn techniques. And then a year later, they're creating art because they learned a skill. And I'm going to do something special and give us a second quote. Will Smith said, no matter how talented you are, your talent will fail you if you're not skilled. Skill is achieved through practice, hard work, and dedicating yourself to being better every single day. The reason I went into this is because it's all about how we choose to think and the way that we choose to approach ourselves and our limiting beliefs. For my entire life, yes, I'm getting vulnerable right now. I have struggled. Actually, let's change that. Up until now, I have experienced struggle when it comes to my worth and my value. As a product of my upbringing, my mom decided to not be a mother to me. She left. She was a drug addict. And over the years, I've spent a lot of time unpacking that, learning forgiveness of her, and most of all, learning forgiveness of myself. However, there continues to be those old program beliefs that I developed at the ripe age of single-digit Emily, in which I truly believed that there was something wrong with me, that no mother would choose not to be in her child's life unless there was something really wrong with their kid. And learning that when I was about six years old without anyone to say any differently because In those ways, my dad was not able to show up emotionally for me and often made me feel like my needs and my emotions were too much for him to handle and that I needed to reel them in. I ultimately said, I'm too much. There's something wrong with me. I'm not worthy. And I moved through the world in that way. I have a lot of worth and value in myself when it comes to my achievements, mostly because that's what I learned my value was placed in, was what I could do and not who I was. I became a swimmer at a young age because my dad put me into sports and I learned later that he put me into sports because he was worried about me socially. I guess I was showing a lack of social development and for him, he believed If I became a really good swimmer, I would naturally become popular because that was his experience in basketball. It was that simple fact that for him, he pushed me to work really, really hard in a sport to learn that every time I got better, every time I achieved more, every time I had a little victory, I was worth more. I had more value. These skills did not teach me how to love myself for who I was. They did not teach me that I inherently hold worth and hold value. And as a little girl who questioned her value from an early age from my mom, and as a kid, I knew I should have a mom. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I just don't have one feeling. It was like, no, I I know I have one. I just know she's not here allowing my brain to create a story around it. And that's ultimately where our limiting beliefs derive from are these stories that we create to justify the things that we experience in our lives. So for me, the story I created was something was wrong with me. That's why I don't have a mom. And that's affected so many of my relationships, especially romantically, but it's also leaked into my friendships. Have my masculine wound and my feminine wound. Both of these wounds are are part of me. I often look at it as okay, well, I have an inner child who developed these inner beliefs and these limiting beliefs. I have an inner teenager who also had these limiting beliefs and coped with them in a very unproductive way. So that's the version of me that developed my insecurities. In these two versions of me, will always be a part of me. However, there's the me, my inner adult, me. (laughs) And then there's also what I like to call my highest self, the version of me who knows that those are limiting beliefs, that is fully aware that I am a worthy, lovable human being in this world who is not too much and is just right for being exactly who I am. That's the version of me that I strive to look towards as often as I can in order to grow and up level in my life. And that's the version of me who gives me languages that turns what feels limiting into something that feels expansive. Some of my favorite language shifters are going from something like, this happened to me, to I experience this. Shifting the word, oh, this is a challenge and a difficulty or a struggle to this is a growth opportunity. Shifting from a mindset of scarcity to abundance. So going from I don't have enough and it's really hard for me to get more to I have plenty and I'm always attracting more. Shifting from I have struggled with this or I am struggling with this, to up until now, I have experienced this. I think those are really, really great ways. In fact, you heard me do that at at some point in this episode. (laughs) Because those are ways that constantly need to be reinforced. Affirmations also were a huge game changer for me when I was in a really low point. For a year, for about a year, every single day, I looked in front of the mirror and I said about 20 different affirmations and I repeated them three times. And then it, it started to get to the point where I would just do them. I would like look outside at something beautiful and I'd say these affirmations or I'd be doing my dishes and I'd say, say these affirmations and I memorized them to the point that it became really easy for me to conjure up the affirmations at any point when I needed them. And it also – set the tone for my day. When I started the day with these like really firm thought processes of believing in myself and uplifting myself and validating my worth, I moved through the day a little bit easier because these things were now more accessible for me. You get fucking delusional. Talk your shit, you know? Like hype yourself up. Like who gives a fuck if you sound overconfident to someone who sound who is lacking confidence. Who cares? The people with the most success as well as the most joy in their life hype themselves up. They are willing to acknowledge their strengths. They are willing to say, yes, I'm amazing and I know it. They talk their shit. I look at Rihanna every day and I'm like, yes, you bad bitch. (laughs) And that's what I strive for in my life. It's, In teaching myself how worthy I am, everyone around me gets to learn just how worthy I am, and that only comes if I talk my shit, you know? If I hype myself up, if I do the things that scare me, if I leave the limiting beliefs behind, if I'm over here telling everyone that my limiting beliefs are true, then they're going to believe my limiting beliefs are true, because if that's how I feel about myself, then why wouldn't that be true? I made this episode today because I have my own limiting beliefs that are always working to rise up in a moment of weakness. I happen to be in one of those moments of weakness where my vibration is a little lower, the negative thought patterns that have limited me before are around and I'm creating stories around some experiences I've been having even outside of my wisdom teeth thus it never hurts to hear the same words that we tell ourselves from other people I've had a few friends give me some very wise words in the last 48 hours and then I ran into an interview that Alicia Keys did on CBS Sunday morning in 2020 to close out the episode I'ma allow Alicia Keys to take it away in life we don't get what we ask for we get what we believe and what we believe about ourselves shows up in our energy it's how we walk into a room it's how we communicate through body language it's whether we sit up straight or hide out in the back of a meeting At times, my own energy has been saying, I'm cool with the bare minimum, don't give me more. Without knowing it, I stunted my growth because I was scared to be magnificent and doubtful that I was. It's possible to say you want a grand life, but then continue to play small. That concludes the episode for today. If you want to hear more about overcoming limiting beliefs, go check out my episode Overcoming Fear and Doing It Anyway, which talks about one very big limiting belief that I had that stretched over 10 years and stopped me from doing exactly what the fuck I wanted to do. On that note, thank you for listening, for giving me space to share a piece of my story and a part of what has shaped me into the woman that I am today. I appreciate you all for listening and ask, as always, I'm making this big request to Hit the follow button if you're listening on Spotify and hit the subscribe button if you're listening on Apple and rate and review. It would mean a lot to me to make this podcast go big. So on that note, talk soon.